Hello and welcome to another episode of your favourite Golden Years RPG podcast. This is RPG The Golden Years. Golden Years, and I forgot to get it ready again, Rich. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Oh, just, you know, you get all the other stuff ready and then you think, oh, I haven't got my opening drop. <laughs> oh, all right, I'm going to do it now. Ready? Three, two, one, and it's loading. <laughs> Hey, hello. My name is Bill. I'm your English host. And I'm Rich, your US host. Woohoo. No Canadians. No, no Canadians. <laughs> Sorry to all of our Canadian listeners. Well, you know, Black Mage Justin. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yes, so uh, this is our 11th episode, Rich. I think uh, with all the excitement of reviewing Yeast, we forgot to celebrate the fact we got to 10 episodes. Holy crap, it was 10 episodes? Yeah, Yeast. Book one and two review was episode number ten. Dang. Yeah, I think this is uh, this is going all right, isn't it? Yeah, they were doing pretty good. You know what I love about this show that we're doing these things, especially for me in the morning, like at six in the morning. Yeah, sorry about that. Like, I can, it's okay. I can just roll out of bed. I don't have to even wear pants. I'm just coming down here, just got my shirt on, just definitely doing that. Yeah, wait, wait until we start streaming on Twitch. Yeah, then I'll wear pants. I think I think no, I think you'll gain more listeners. Yeah, I might actually. RPG the naked years. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, so, you know, we finished Yeast. Uh, what games have you been playing? Um, I started a little bit of uh, Fantasy Star 2. Oh, right. um, I haven't actually started that yet. Um, it's still it's still going. <laughs> okay. Got to figure it all out. Uh, are you far into it? No. Yeah. I'm, I'm still, like, I just got Rudo. Um... I'm still supposed to go to that biodome system to try to get something back, okay. and then uh, bring it, bring it to somebody. Uh, well, I've, I've, yeah, I've, like I said, I've not touched it yet, <laughs> oh. so I've got no idea what you're talking about, <laughs> Rudo. Uh, but yeah, so I'm still playing Fantasy Star One. I've kind of managed to shoot myself in the foot twice. <laughs> oh no! Didn't um, you like have a problem with that? Uh, it, I did, but it was all my own doing. Uh, I accidentally. Um, you know, while playing the game, I went to save my progress, and it said I loaded progress. Oh, crap. <laughs> I spent uh, a whole like, hour and a half grinding out Mercedes, because uh, I needed to buy this big drill to get on to use on the ice planet. Uh, yeah, I spent ages doing it, and then I say, like, um, you know, because I'm playing it on the uh, PSP, it's easy just to turn it off and then come back to it later. And I accidentally clicked load and loaded my last state. Uh, <laughs> my last save and so i lost all of my progress so i had to do it again and then i got halfway through i got up to about 20 25,000 mercedes and then i accidentally did the same thing again and went back down to 15,000 mercedes uh, but you were pleased to know this morning i finally got to my total uh, i've got uh, 32,000 mercedes and so i am now moving on and i'm going to go buy that fucking drill excuse my french <laughs> but yeah, unfortunately, I was, it's uh, it's really delayed. I was hoping to have it finished by now, but I'm thinking if I can get it finished by the end of the week, and then I might make a start on uh, Fantasy Star Two. Uh, but you know, this isn't a um, the idea of the podcast is not to sort of you know push ourselves too hard. We want to enjoy ourselves. So you know, yeah. are, you, are you playing anything outside of the Golden Years? Yeah, um, I've been playing Doom 2016 on my Switch. Oh wow, on the I Switch. Yesterday. Oh, I yeah. didn't realize it was on the Switch. Is it good? Yeah, it's not bad. Um it's a little bit awkward um because of the long it's it's a little bit longer of a controller and the screen's right in the middle. Mm. But I'm having fun with it. I'm just trying to get used to the whole layout. I'm used to having the controllers in your hand and playing those shooters, but it's it's fun. The music's always awesome on that one. I played on the PlayStation uh before, but it's it's phenomenal. And oh, I'm playing wow. it again because I want to get the second one when it comes out on the Switch. Oh, is there another Doom coming out? Yeah, Doom Inter no Infernal, I think is what oh, it's called. Not Doom Two, two thousand and nineteen. What is that one called? Because it's going to bother me now. But, <laughs> that's right. We'll find we'll find out one day. <clears throat> that's right. Uh, but other than that, I haven't been playing anything anything extra. Um, only because I'm in, I've been busy with a lot of uh, work stuff. I've also got um, Doom Two Eternal by looks of it. There we go. <laughs> I mean, it looks pretty intense. Um, but I haven't done anything you, uh, besides that, just been 
doing stuff. I'm really on that workout program that I've been doing. And um, oh yeah, how's it going with your with your PT? Um, I still hurt. <laughs> I, I did a lot of weight yesterday, so we'll so find you, out what happens later this afternoon. So you just be able just about be able to lift up your Game Boy Advance to play Fantasy yeah. Star Two. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, but other than that, what about you? What have you been playing? Uh, well, again, been playing Fantasy Star One uh, for a little bit of extra credit. Uh, I played about 10 minutes of a very old RPG called um, Dragon Stomper, <laughs> uh, which was originally made for the Atari uh, uh, was it 2600. Should we? Yeah, 2600. Um, this is kind of considered the first ever console RPG. So I thought I'd give it a try. And uh, you're basically a little white dot taking on the world. <laughs> or as um, uh, At The Gates described it on Twitter, uh, the dot from Pong. <laughs> oh. Sir, Sir White Dot from Pong. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is quite a fun, addictive little game. Uh, I know uh, one of our listeners, uh, Disa, she finished it. <laughs> so props to her. Uh, I, got a, I just played it for about five minutes to see what it was like. Uh, I did also play Gateway to... Um, I've got no idea how to pronounce it. Ashvi on the ColecoVision. This may all sound very strange to you, Rich. You're probably wondering why I've gone back and played some very old games. Why are you doing that? <laughs> <laughs> because I'm... I think I'm a masochist. Seriously, <laughs> masochist. It was kind of bugging me because I was looking at, you know, where we decided to start. You know, we didn't really want to, like I said, we didn't want to go back to the NES. We didn't want to go back to the Master System because those games can be very challenging. But not not challenging in a fun way. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I don't want to play Final Fantasy 1 and end up hitting blank spaces. (laughs) And that's kind of why we started. Because, you know, RPGs, they started out in those sort of eras and that's where they sort of became popular. And then it's really... From in my opinion, when we hit the sixteen-bit consoles, that the games pick up, and that's where they start really finding their groove. And that's kind of why we considered the golden years. But it was kind of bugging me that there's, you know, I'm going to say only here, but only forty-three games <laughs> prior to where we are starting. There's still a lot of games. It is a lot of games. Some of them are short. Some of them are not so short. But I just thought because I was doing Fantasy Star One as a bit of extra credit. You know, and that is one of the pre-games. <laughs> um, I thought to myself, do you know what? I'll just make up a list. And then when I get time, I'll slowly see if I can bash the odd, the odd game off the list. So, like I said, I played the ColecoVision's Gateway to Ashfire. And uh, I finished it. And I gave it a score of 11.66. <laughs> it was not great. <laughs> it was short. It doesn't, it doesn't, actually, it doesn't actually have an ending. What? Um yeah, there's basically, there's like 99, like, randomised dungeons, and each dungeon has eight floors, so to beat the game, it's just generally considered to just, like, go through each floor, and get to the eighth floor, and then just kill everything, and survive the timer running out. <laughs> Once the timer runs out, it goes, hey, here's a little prize, and then it goes, then it carries on. There's no actual end credits, so... <clears throat> that's considered beating the game. I spent um, I spent a good few hours on it. <laughs> okay. Trying out a few of the different like layouts and the different levels and stuff. And then yeah, I I went dungeon one, got all the way to the end, killed everything, and then waited around for the timer to run out because <laughs> you you only get like seven minutes on oh, each yeah. on each on each level. So, um, but yeah, it was it was okay. It wasn't too bad, but it just didn't really have much going on. I can't imagine that would have kept my attention Does that much a as a kid. Uh, no. It does, but God knows what it was. <laughs> so it was kind of explained in the manual. It was kind of like you're trouncing through some dungeons to get to somewhere. <laughs> to get to Ashfire, which I think is a completely different game. But yeah, it was um, something I just sort of thought I'd bash out. But yeah, it's um, it's there. So I've added it to the very back of the list. Uh, of our Golden Years Master Sheet. So there's a couple of tabs now. It's gradually getting bigger and bigger. We've got the Golden Years Master, which has our list of games. We've got the Extra Credit tab, which is just showing, you know, what I'm doing for Extra Credit at the moment. Uh, I still need to finish the uh, East Anime series. Give that a little mini review. Uh, We've got our Japanese-only releases, 
and we're still waiting for the Twitter uh, competition to finish on that. But it looks like Star Ocean's going to smash it. Yeah, I mean, the time this episode comes out, I'm going to call it. Star Ocean's going to win. Yep. We've got our um, got a list of user reviews uh, for the competition so that we know who's yeah. who's in it for the $25 or £25 well, pounds or €25. Euros. Uh, yeah, I think there is one to be added on. Uh, yeah. And then we've got our pre-Golden Years sheet. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot to be. There's a lot going on there. Um, I've I've marked Final Fantasy as well. I've given that a listener uh, my score of seventy because I have played and completed that in the past. Mm-hmm. Woohoo! Yay me! <laughs> but yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on with the podcast, Rich. <laughs> so much stuff going on. Far too much going on. I need That's I need a... I need to calm down. I've also fallen into a bit of a Pokemon hole. Yeah, uh, you asked me about that yesterday. <laughs> yeah. So. Have you which Pokemon games have you played, Rich? Um, I have played like all right, so I've dabbled in like all of them pretty much, but never finished a lot of them. I've only finished like red I think I finished red. Okay. So So, so I've only played um blue. Uh I've played a bit of yellow as well. Um and I've played Pokemon Go. Uh, I became very obsessed with Pokemon Go. I've got an obscene amount of Pokemon in that. Um, but, um, yeah, I've only really played Red. Uh, I mean, sorry, Blue. Uh, because I own it on the Game Boy. And so I don't think I've played it since like the year 2000. Because I remember I got it when it came out. I used to play it with my mates. We all used to stand around with our Game Boys and our Link cables. And we used to trade Pokemon with each other and fight each other. And it was great fun. But yeah. I don't think I've played it since then. <laughs> And uh, I've been listening to another podcast where uh, a gentleman's been doing a, um, a Let's Play of the Pokemon series, and he's been doing what's called a Nuzlocke Challenge. What's that? <laughs> I'm glad you asked that question, Rich. Yeah. <laughs> so, a Nuzlocke, it's kind of, it's, it's weird. It's based on a comic for some reason. Uh, I'm not really sure how or why, and I haven't read the comic. I assume it's a comic where someone challenges himself to play Pokemon Blue in a weird way. <laughs> it doesn't have to be Pokemon Blue either. It can be any Pokemon game. But <clears throat> but it's basically there's some there's some very strict rules that you have to follow, uh, and it's not something you can like turn on in the game. You just have to follow it yourself. So the first rule is that any of your Pokemon that faint are considered dead. They must be released or put back into the Pokemon storage system permanently. What? <laughs> yep. So you cannot let your Pokemon die. The second rule is that the player may only catch the first Pokemon encountered in each area and none else. If that first Pokemon faints, so if you kill it or if it flees, there are no second chances. So there is a good chance, Rich, you could walk into every area and the first Pokemon that you come across is either a Pidgey or a Rattata. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> you end up with just an entire team of Pidgeys and Rattatas. But what um, if you? But what if you go into the area, and then leave and go back? Well, again, if you've encountered a Pokemon in that area, you have to cross that area off your list. Oh, okay. I was wondering if that's uh, if, if I could if you could cheat that, <laughs> but I guess not. <laughs> nope. Well, the whole the whole point is that these are like self imposed rules. So you've okay. got like it. Like there's a big sort of uh, black spot about the fact that if you if your Pokemon dies, you can't reload a previous save. You just have to get on with it. You have okay. to take it, get rid of it, <laughs> and that's it. So you could be le- you know you could level up your Pokemon to level fifty. It could accidentally die, and then that's it. You have to get rid of it. Oh, I would no. Oh no. Because this is this is this is the worst bit, Rich. Number the third major rule. It is that the players must also nickname all of their Pokemon for the sake of forming stronger emotional bonds. <laughs> so, so you know, if you catch a Rattata and you call it Dave, you're going to start thinking, right, I'm going to bring Dave out for this fight, and it forms a bigger bond in your brain. <laughs> and so, so you feel a lot more attached to it when it dies. But it also makes you, it also makes you more careful if you're fighting. True. And like I say, I've been listening to, I've been listening to a, a guy with. Uh, to a podcast where uh, uh, this is Daniel K again. I think I mentioned him last week. <laughs> uh, he's yeah. doing one of these, and the highs and lows are just amazing. <laughs> and it's it's made me obsessed with this. So basically, I've created a uh, my own little spreadsheet 
for when I one day do the uh, the Nuzlocke challenge. Now it's a long time until we get to Pokemon Blue, so yeah, I'm kind of considering maybe doing some sort of charity run. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not really sure yet. There's a lot of thing, you know. When we come to some of the bigger games, Rich, I kind of want to involve it some way and do some sort of charity aspect. But I haven't really thought or fleshed out the idea whatsoever. <laughs> I'm okay. too busy. I'm too busy making huge spreadsheets of uh, which Pokemon are in which area. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's a fun one. But I think yeah, when we do get to um, when we do get to the Pokemon games, I think we should do a Nuzlocke challenge. At, le- at least the first one. <laughs> It'll be difficult, but you know, it will make it a bit more interesting. I think because the Pokemon because the Pokemon games are a big grind. Yeah. So we might as well get. I think we might as well get attached to the ones we're grinding. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why I get kind of uh, thrown out of those because it does become such a long grind on on those for sure. But they're still fun. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, if they weren't fun, it wouldn't be such a big franchise. <laughs> oh yeah. And uh, Nintendo wouldn't be trying to stop people from playing the older games for free. Crazy. Which brings us onto our topic of the day. You ready, Rich? Yes. Yes. So we're going to talk about protecting our gaming history. So, Rich, <clears throat> what do you think we what do you think we mean when we say protecting our gaming history? That's basically meaning like, what are we going to do, or like, what companies do with um, their old uh, IPs, their old uh, games that they've produced? You know, what they're going to do to actually, you know, preserve that for everybody. Yes, because it's kind of a lot of these games. Like especially some of the ones we're playing, are getting very old these days, and they're not so easy to obtain anymore. And unfortunately, a lot of, especially when it comes to things like um, cartridges and like memory cards, like the uh, graphics duo used to use, they do have a shelf life. They will not last forever. Nope, nope. So we need some sort of, you know, we need we need a way of protecting the gaming history really, and making sure that these things don't get lost. And yeah, like you say, I think it is down to the companies that own those intellectual properties to make sure that these these games survive, really. Yeah, but are they going to do anything with that? I mean, I know we have the um, those minis that came out for Nintendo, and you know all those. <clears throat> um, I want to say those retro consoles are coming out, but still, are they really doing enough to actually preserve all that stuff? Yeah, I mean this this is this is the point, really. I mean, how many? How many games were on those classics? Did you you got one, didn't you, Rich? Yeah, I've got two of them. I got they're like thirty games a piece. Thirty games a piece, yeah. and there were hundreds and hundreds of games. I think I saw an article on that. There's like seven hundred or so U.S. Nintendo uh, Super Nintendo games. And How, wow, that's a lot. <laughs> I think that's what the article said. I can't remember the top of my head. Um, but there's that, and then you have the classic that came that come out. That's like thirty. Then you have the, um, I want to say the, the virtual store that I think it was the Nintendo or the uh, the Wii had, and then it closed and moved over to the Wii U. I mean, there's only like a 10% of the amount of games that are on access for us to actually use and play on which, these uh, virtual systems. Which is a shame because it feels like they're only really like spoon feeding us what they consider to be like, you know, the cream of the crop. Yeah, and like you know, I know I know we've been fortunate that say like with Yeast, um, with Yeast, that um, the company that owns that, which I think is Hudson Soft, um, they have you know over the years remade and re-released the games. But what if people like us want to go back and play the original games? Not much we could do about that. No, we're just a bit stuffed, aren't we? And like, yep. it, unless I'm going to go out and spend, you know, I, I had a quick look on eBay. I can buy a Turbo Graphics for about two hundred and fifty quid, 
250 quid which is really i mean that's really expensive for an ancient console that's a new console yeah exactly uh but they're rare they're difficult to get hold of and then if i wanted to buy the game as well it's like another 50 quid on top of it yep it's just it's that's ridiculous that's 300 pounds just to play a really really old old game and then there's a chance that actually still working well, yeah, that's that's the other thing is that you know, like I said, these these games and they have shelf lives. A CD has a shelf life. Yeah, I think a CD will only last for twenty years. I'll have to double check. Yeah, that. <laughs> I'll have to double check. Well, that. I mean, the usage of it. I mean, uh, I think they actually degrade. Oh, I don't know that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they do degrade over time. Oh, 200 years. <laughs> uh, okay, that's what I thought. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, they estimate around a lifespan of 200 years for a CD. But even still, in 200 years' time, you know, those Turbo Graphics CDs <laughs> for, for years will stop working. So I don't, I don't want to glamorise the wrong websites because they are, they are in the wrong. They are distributing content that doesn't belong to them. But I kind of feel like the other companies that are out there, like Nintendo, I'm going to use Nintendo because they are the one. They are the ones who are all being demonised recently because they have they've gone out and they've shut a ROM website down. Now they have every right to go and protect their um, intellectual property, and I completely agree with that. But I do also think it's very unfair that Nintendo aren't making these aren't making this intellectual property available. They're kind of just yeah. hiding it from us, and even they like you say, with, yeah. But with the Wii, like you say, with the Wii Store, like I know the Wii Store is still up. You can go on there, and you can download games. Like I, I'm, like I know you can download Dungeon Explorer on the Wii Store, the original one. But isn't that closing? Well, they made it so you can't buy credits anymore. So it's like if you happen to have, like you know, a little, a little bucket of credits stored up on there you can go and buy it but then what happens when your credits run out you can't then get hold of the games anymore but obviously obviously i think nintendo are planning something with the switch but i think that's going to be some sort of paid subscription service and i think it's supposed to be like only they'll just put on a handful of games for a few months that you can play and then change it up yeah but that's dumb yeah i really i really feel like it just they need to make these things available uh in an affordable way. I mean, these games are like 20, 30, some of them 40 years old. Yeah. Like, especially if you do some of the old arcade ones. Arcade ones. I kind of... Um, I think we discussed uh, Ready Player One in the past, haven't we, Rich? You, you've yeah, seen the did. film, but you haven't read the book. No. Yeah. No. So, in the book, uh, the guy who created the virtual reality world... Uh, I can't... Whatever his name is, escapes me for now. But... Um, he designed in the world a planet which was a retro gaming planet and so people would visit this planet and on that planet was every single game ever made <laughs> that would be awesome and then people could just go and play them and like you know the old arcade games existed as arcade games so you'd walk in you'd put your dime you put your dime in you put your quarter in the machine and you'd play you play an old game of joust or whatever it was <laughs> or pac-man i think pac-man was the one they used in the book but um, yeah, but that that thing existed, and that's kind of what we need. I think these I think these companies should make the games available to us, almost like the ROM the ROM sites do. But you know, sign up to sign up to Sega's ROM catalog, and pay like you know a pound a ROM or two would, pound a ROM, depending would, on which one it is. That'd be fine. I mean, there are a lot of people that would actually you know they don't like to do those downloads and and, and ROM stuff. I don't like to do it. But, no, I don't like to, but I will yeah. do if I have to. And I'm having some... There's actually a game which I'm having massive... There's a game on our list, Rich, which I'm having real problems trying to find. Yeah. And that really worries me. Because it's just like, we may just have to scrap a game from the list just because it's not available. Mm. And I mean, it, we may have to. I mean, that, that happens. Yeah, it's, it's a shame because it was available um, on EMU Paradise. <laughs> Uh, but unfortunately, it's no longer available because that site has decided it doesn't want to get sued by Nintendo and is shut down. Yeah, I mean that's a big deal when that site shut down. 
Yeah, I think I think with EMU, um, it was kind of it had the biggest li- like it had the biggest catalogue. Like there's lots of other ones out there, but that did have the biggest one. Yeah, I think it's uh, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons: Eye of the Beholder. I've been I've been struggling to find a copy of that anywhere. Hmm. Um, yeah, like I say, I'm a bit worried. I don't want to have to to strike it off the list, but I can't afford to download it. <laughs> no. I think Dragon Slayer: Legends of the Heroes as well, or Dungeon Master: Fearon's Quest. Like, there's a few. There's like at least three or four I've I've come across which I cannot find anywhere, and it's um, it's worrying me. <laughs> but we'll just, we'll have to persevere. You know, if we need to knock yeah. some games off, we'll have to knock them off, and we can just blame Nintendo. There you go. <laughs> I mean, we have a lot of games to play, so it's it's yeah. it's not like we have a shortage. Yes, per se. But but we can always do with those type of games. We can always do the the review on it, as in like some videos, and and try to figure out that. It just won't count for like a scoring on it. We'll just kind of do. We'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll do we'll do a discussion on it, and we'll mark it as incomplete. And then hopefully one day, you know, maybe a listener will come on and say, "Hey, I've got this game," <laughs> there you and go. they can send us a copy of it. Then we can go back and play it retrospectively. Yep. But um, but yeah, I mean, I don't uh, I don't want to be too harsh or critical on Nintendo. Especially for what they, like they weren't the reason EMU Paradise shut down. Yeah, and I shouldn't really say it shut down. It's still there, but they've just become like an an archive of games that exist. You just can't download them from the site anymore. Um, so what Nintendo did was, I think the site was called uh, Love Roms, <clears throat> and um, yeah, they. They basically, now, th- this is where I get behind Nintendo here, Love ROMs, for whatever reason, um, <clears throat> they designed their website to look like Super Mario Brothers. So they had, like, the layout from World 1, there was the tubes, even the different uh, tabs that you could click on at the top were designed, you know, they were like Mario, Mushroom, all those sort of things. Well, that was your first mistake. Oh yeah, so they were that that was the reason why Nintendo went after them was because, you know, they were blatantly ripping off their IP. They were using Super Mario Brothers to advertise their site. And that's why that is the reason why Nintendo went after and sued them. And then they got shut down. And then unfortunately that's had the knock on effect that the, the people who ran EMU Paradise decided, you know what? No one's come after us. No one has tried to sue us. But one day they might, and it's just not worth it. Yeah, and that's why they decided to take down all the all the downloading services for the ROMs. So it's a shame, you know. We may find other ROM services will start following suit, but they may not. But the thing about EMU Paradise is that it was protecting our gaming history. It was keeping a copy available and alive of all these old games. And I think it would be a real shame if every single ROM site shut down, and then these companies like these big these big companies with all who have all the keys to the IPs just let it go to waste and don't don't share that information out or at least share yeah. it like no, I don't want them to share it for free I would happily because I've had this argument with people before I would happily pay for stuff but it has to be a reasonable price yeah I mean some of these old games I mean you look at eBay and what they've got going on there and all those people are selling their old games for like thirty forty dollars a piece like brand new games basically I'm like no if you have that digital copy and you want to give it, you know, sell somebody like five bucks, you know, people, I mean, you could probably do that. There's not a lot of overhead costs to it, you know, for those companies to have that on a server, ready to go download. I mean, you could make a lot of money off of it. Yeah. I mean, look, dragon, dragon stomper, right? Just, we just had a discussion about dragon stomper, mm-hmm. for the Atari 2600, 1982. So this game is older than I am. <laughs> It's like yeah. 38 years old or something. Uh, so it's nearly a 40-year-old game. On eBay, the lowest price is $26 plus $22. <laughs> I, I don't know what ADL price is. But uh, yeah, so you know, you're basically paying $50 there for an ancient game. Now, I do have an Atari 2600, <laughs> but I can't afford to pay 50 quid for a very old game to play on it whereas yeah but because the game just isn't worth it it's like two hours long yeah <laughs> oh so if you look at it there's another game that's on our list too called tales of destiny i love that game 
the disc copy of that is worth like $80. Oh, God. Yeah. Wow. And I want to buy it because I want it for my collection. Hmm. Because you can't get it like on a digital store, you can't get it on the Nintendo or the uh, PlayStation store. Because, but this—that's a good point, Rich. Because I saw an argument for that side of things on Twitter as well. Um, there was a guy who's a collector, and he said the reason the reason he would like this stuff to be available, even if it's at a very low cost, is because people like you and I would happily download it. Like I said, yeah. you know, if Sega or Nintendo had an online store of old ROMs where you paid, you know, depending on which console it was on, you paid like one, two, three dollars per game. That would, that would suit me down to a T because that's, you know, these games are so old. But if I did that, I would then be less inclined to buy these um, collecting game, like the actual game, <clears throat> the actual game cartridges, discs or whatever themselves, yeah. which would then stop driving up the prices for other collectors. Yeah, but there's still, I mean, the collectors, you could still have that market there because mm. that's, you know, there's nothing wrong with still collecting it and, and having that stuff because there's only a limited amount of those physical copies out there because the limited, I mean, those copies that are out there now, I mean, a lot of them don't get in the hands of collectors. They're just sitting in people's garages or basements. And then, you know, that's how that drives that price up. But, you know, that will, those prices will drive themselves up, you know, as time goes on. That's how that stuff works. But just because it's on a digital aspect of it, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to you know, mess that price up. Hmm. Yeah, but you know, if more people are going, you know, if people like ourselves, Rich, were going for the digital copies, that means there's less competition for the, um, <clears throat> for the actual original copies, which then brings the collectible price down. Yeah, that was That was kind of his argument, was just like the more people... Uh, the less people that can download the games via the internet, the more people that are out there searching for physical copies, therefore yeah. driving up the prices for the people who are collectors. And I'm not a big collector, you know. I've got my I've got my collection of my Final Fantasy games, and I'm pretty happy with that. As long as I've got like one of each mainline series, I'm pretty happy. <laughs> I don't want to have to go out and buy a copy of Dragon Stomper for for fifty quid. I think my wife would kill me as well. Yeah, <laughs> you would. She would. Um, <laughs> now, on the lighter side of this, Rich, I've got a lovely story about Nintendo. <laughs> okay. Um, did you know that the copy of... So, on the Wii Store, they've got a copy of uh, the original Super Mario Brothers, you know, for the NES. Okay. Yeah. It's a ROM from a website. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Um I, I assume, you know, that Nintendo, when they make these games, they have to, you know, probably take either... I mean, I can't imagine how they've got these files backed up. So I assume they have to take a cart and back it up themselves and then send it out. You know, they, they may have backup somewhere on a server. But there was um, some clever chap somewhere. Um, he took the copy of the Super Mario Brothers for the NES from the virtual console. Um, he decoded it onto his computer. Uh, he then opened up the application for it uh, using a hex editor. Uh, he went through and found the um, found in the binary code and he found this little bit of code which changes depending on how people have um, downloaded the actual data. Um, and so he found that it was... Um, <clears throat> Uh, he well, he found evidence that he thought it had been ripped by a ROM by someone else, and it was one that was freely available up on the internet. So he sent the ROM, so he sent his uh, his ROM that he'd got out off the Wii store, and sent it to the person who had originally created the freely available ROM on the internet, and he confirmed, "Yep, yeah, this is definitely my one. It's exactly the same code." <laughs> <laughs> so, someone at Nintendo. <laughs> I mean, Nintendo declined. They said they, they they denied the whole thing, but they they also declined to comment on the evidence in the hex editor. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, they basically instead of actually going through the effort of doing it themselves to put it, to put the ROM of Super Mario Brothers onto the Wii Store, they just downloaded the ROM and uploaded it to the Wii Store. <laughs> so, you know, a little bit of a 
a little bit of comic relief there for this discussion. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, yeah. Yeah, so the guy the guy who, um, whose ROM it was said there are minute differences between ROM dumps uh, depending on the cartridge version and how it's been dumped. If you see your .NES file does not match any other ones found online, it's likely to be their own ROM dump. I've cut the ROM content out of the Wii file you sent me and it indeed matches the NES file found online. <laughs> I just thought that, I just thought that was hilarious. <laughs> That's crazy talk. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, why would Nintendo do that? Because it's lazy. It's so easy. Yeah. That's what I mean. If if they if these uh, if these companies just hooked up with someone like EMU Paradise just said, "Look, we can see what you're doing. <laughs> this is our this is our property. Let's work together." There's obviously a market here. You know, people want people will still download these games on the Wii store. But I mean, oh, I wonder how much. You see, I don't have access to the Wii Store. I wonder how much a copy of Super Mario Brothers costs on the Wii Store. Um, I could find out. It would be good because I'm Mario Bros. Yeah, Super Mario Bros. Because I bet it's not <laughs> what I would be expecting to pay for it. <laughs> um. Because that's 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 the other thing, isn't it? It's how expensive do these companies make these games? Because I mean, you're you're playing Fantasy Star on the GBA, right? Uh, yeah. Yep. Um, now you can download free on the ice on the iStore. Store. Uh, I'm 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 assuming you can also do it on um. <clears throat> on Android as well, but you yep. can download the game Fantasy Star Two. But it's an absolute pig. <laughs> mm. It's what they call Sega Forever, and it's awful. Yeah. Um, like they make you pay for an ad-free version, and so you get adverts throughout the game. And there are other things where it just doesn't play very well at all. And it's trying to charge me two quid to remove the adverts. <laughs> yeah, I just ignore that stuff. That's why I bought the Game Boy version of it. Yeah, it's just, oh, it's horrible. Makes you sign in to use this feature so that you can use saves. You're only allowed so many saves. Uh, just there's a golf advert popping up on my screen. <laughs> It's horrible, but you know, I can appreciate the fact they're giving it out for free, and they're charging two quid to make it not free, <laughs> but to make it a little bit more playable. But it's just not—it's not a very nice version of the game, and that's the worst thing: is that the games, the versions that they are releasing, they're <clears throat> manipulating them to make you pay more money for them. And I, I just—that sort of thing just grates on me. It's just. Yeah. Don't make it free and then make the game so annoying that I pay to make it less annoying. <laughs> Either put the game out as it should be and say, this is going to cost you two quid. Or don't put it out. Do you know what I mean? You am, I, am, I being too, am, I being, am I being unreasonable there? No, no, I agree with you on that. That's just a pain in the ass to have that that stuff happen all the time. It's like, like I said, they're, they're serving it to you, going, "This is this is what you want. <laughs> this is what you want, what? Bill. This is what you want." <laughs> but in order to, you know, get past all this stuff and save more, you had to pay me two dollars. Yeah, it's. Um, well, I don't want that. It's just crap. Just put it on there for two. Just put it on there for two dollars, and I pay it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, sorry. That 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 really grates me. Because um, I got really excited when I started finding all these all these old Sega games on the iStore. I was like, oh my god, they're free as well. And I started playing them, and they're just just unplayable. It's horrible. Yeah, they're, they're a little rough. You know, they've got Streets of Rage and Sonic. Sonic 1, which are two of my favourite games when I was a kid. And I can't play them on the phone. It's just awful. It's just terrible. I'd rather go out and download a ROM for free. <laughs> yeah. Not that I would. <laughs> Just drives me nuts with these things. Like, there's a market out there for it. The retro community is pretty big, so I don't know why they're just not. Yeah, it is what it is. 
Yeah, it's yeah, uh, yeah, it's a shame. Uh, did you manage to find out what the um, what Super no. Mario Bros. cost on the Wii Store? I couldn't find it. Nah, neither can I. I can only seem to find like hard copies of games. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what that is. But I really feel like these games companies should work harder to have their back catalogue out there available. It doesn't need to be freely available, but it, I think it should be available. And you know, I think I think the only the only the only point where that argument falls over really is with companies that don't long no longer exist, and maybe their IP is a bit vague on who who owns it. Yeah, but what about that? I mean, if those companies no longer exist, what are you going to do with those? Mm, exactly, someone somewhere will own the IPs to those games. Like those companies would have gone bankrupt or whatever, and someone would have bought out the debt. So somewhere sitting there out there in the world is the IP for this thing, but you've just got to track it down. But that's a difficult bit, really. <laughs> yeah. But if you can't track it down, then why not make it freely available? I mean, uh, let's, let's, let's bring PlayStation into this argument as well, shall we? Yeah. So I used to have a PS1, and I used to have a load of games for the PS1. I then bought a PlayStation 2, and I bought a load of games for the PlayStation 2. And my lovely little PlayStation 2 was very kind to me and said, you know what? You can play your old PlayStation 1 games on me too. <laughs> and I was like, oh, thank you, PlayStation 2. <laughs> that means I don't have to keep my PlayStation 1. And then I got a PlayStation 3. And my PlayStation 3 said, do you know what? You can play all your old 2 and 1 games on me. <laughs> and so I was able to play all my old back catalogue of games for the PlayStation. Then the PlayStation 4 comes out and they take that away from me. They say, no. They say, no, you cannot play these games. <laughs> and instead, they start releasing, piecemeal at a time, the games on PSN. <laughs> and then, and like, you know, I, you know, I can play the PSN games on my Vita, which I like. You know, I, I've got a Vagrant Story. I've got Final Fantasy 7, 8, and 9 that I can download and I can play on my Vita or I can play it on my PS4. But, I'm going to have to rebuy all my old PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 1 games, but I'm completely beholden to Sony on if they decide to make those games available on the PlayStation Store. Yeah. You know? And that, that that's where that's where I get that's where it just annoys me. It's just like there are there are people out there who can emulate the PS1. You know? They've made their own PS1 emulators and it will play any PS1 game. The PlayStation, the PSP for it is bloody, is an, is an actual PS1 emulator itself. You know, if you just, if you hack the PSP, it will play any PS1 game without any difficulty. And the hack yeah. isn't even much. It just like, it basically just blocks out the copyright so it doesn't think it's being played on a PSP. It thinks it's just being played on a PS1. And it really annoys me that they just don't make the entire back catalogue of the PS1 available on the PlayStation 4. You know, It'd be crazy why they don't do that. I know, they can charge for the games and people will buy them, but just make the content available. I just don't understand why they're not. I don't understand where it's just like, you can have this game, which everybody's played. You know, you can have Final Fantasy 7, and we'll do trophies for Final Fantasy 7 if you want the remake version. But you can't have, you know, so, you know, you can't have Towers of whatever Towers of game there is. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I completely lost my, I completely lost the train of thought there. But yeah, not all PlayStation One games are available on the PlayStation Store. No, and it's a pain. I haven't seen Azure Dreams on there, for instance. I like I'm, look, I'm looking forward to playing that game. I haven't seen Chocobo Dungeon Two on there. I'm not looking forward to playing that game. <laughs> um, but, you know, these, these these games should be made available and they should be playable in some some form or some form or other. Yep. That's that's my argument. <laughs> oh, I feel like I've gone on a big rant there, Rich. <laughs> I mean I, don't, I mean I agree with you on it. I mean they should have that ability to make these things available to everybody else. Uh, I'm not a fan of emulation and ROMs, I just don't I don't like it because I'm more of those clean cut guys that, you know, follows the laws and, you know, obeys all the traffic stops. 
all that yeah. fun stuff. So, so am I, Rich. I've I've it's, only dabbled in emulation when it's like there's no other choice, you know. Yeah, I mean, it puts that age-old question: is like, if you can no longer get it, the systems are too much, and you can't do that. Like, what are you going to do? Hmm. Emulation is the only way you can do that. Yeah, like these fan translations. Like, yeah, I tell you what, there's a good example. Let's take SquareSoft. So we've got a whole bunch of SquareSoft games that are fan translations. Now, we have to download the ROMs, uh, and we can either, you know, sometimes you're lucky and you can find a ROM that's got the patch already installed for the fan translation, or sometimes you have to take the patch and do it yourself, which, you know, I know I know how to do that, and I have done that for all the games that we've got on our Twitter competition. But why doesn't... I don't understand why I say Squaresoft doesn't go, do you know what? Bahamut Lagoon, loads of people rave about that in the West, <laughs> but we've never released an official translation, but everyone's playing this translation by Aeon Genesis. Why don't they just reach out to Aeon Genesis and say, hey, do you mind if we just buy your fan translation off you and then release it on the PSN store or yeah, on the Nintendo I mean, store? I just don't. It just blows my mind. Like, why hasn't why hasn't Square North America just thought of doing that? Just thinking, do you know what? We could do it ourselves, but there's a guy who's already done it, and everyone likes what he's done. Let's reach out to him and say, here you go. Here's a here's a here's like two thousand dollars per game or something, or like you can have one percent of every download. Yeah, <laughs> you know, let's let's go full Star Wars on this. <laughs> You can have this tiny percentage of each download of Bahamut Lagoon through our store if we can use your fan translation. He'll go, yeah, go for it. <laughs> yeah. And then everyone's happy. We're suddenly able to play a game that's never been available in our, in our uh, what, do, what do they call them, regions. There's never been available in our regions before. And he gets paid, Square gets paid. Uh, that, that, that's oh, that's the main thing that annoys me. I just can't understand why these people just don't work together. <laughs> it's like um, what was the um, it was Final Fantasy Type Zero, where it it was on the P- it was a PSP game, never been released in English. There was a whole fan community working together to get this English patch put out, and they were literally like days away from releasing this patch, so that people could play Type Zero on the PSP. And then Square jumped in, shut them down, and then like months later released the um, the HD version for the PlayStation 4. <laughs> and it's just like, I'm pretty sure Square had had absolutely zero interest in translating that game until they saw that someone, A, had nearly done it, and that they realised they could sell the Final Fantasy 15 demo if they released it themselves. Yeah. <laughs> and it just really annoys me that they didn't just you know, reach out to these guys and say, like, even if they said, they could have said it so, like, they, the people who were making the fan translation had reached out to Squaresoft several times to say, we are doing this, do you mind? And they'd never responded until they decided that they wanted to release the game themselves in English. Yeah, that's that's where you run into that problem, is that if you do all the work for it, and then they're like, oh, wait, well, you're almost done with that, and there's a lot of deals with it, yeah, people are getting excited about this. <laughs> anyway, Rich, that, that, that's my ranting done. Hopefully, hopefully one day the big ISPs, uh, the ISPs, in the big IPs like Nintendo, Sega, SquareSoft, you know, Capcom, all these companies, maybe one day they'll all get together and they'll work together with someone like EMU Paradise, who's already done all the hard work in getting this huge database of games together, and just say, "Let's come on, let's all work together. Let's preserve the history of these games. Let's make sure these games don't accidentally get lost, and are never like you know, no one's ever able to play them again." Because that's what I worry about, Rich. Yeah, I worry about that too. I mean, who knows what's going to happen in ten years? Like, are we going to lose some of these games? Exactly. We'll dra- Once all the tapes of Dragon Stomper, because Dragon Stomper was on tape, <laughs> you know, the old cassette, once all of those have died because they've degraded <laughs> and all the ROM sites have been shut down, you know, who owns the, who owns the intellectual property for Atari? I'm not sure Alan Sugar still does. I'm not sure either. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he sold it off. Um, but yeah, whoever owns it, you know, you never know what's going to happen to it. Ah, yeah, it's, it's a worry. Anyway, Rich, 
let's move on, shall we? Enough discussing the uh, the pitfalls of <laughs> losing out losing our games to the to the evil corporations <laughs> because let's not forget these evil corporations bought us all the games in the first place and that's where we have we have lots of fun playing these games hopefully yeah. they'll just hopefully they'll just sort things out between themselves and release some sort of place where we can get it all so rich i have an announcement what announcement do you have bill are you excited to hear this I'm excited. <laughs> um, Crazy I'm, what you told me about it. <laughs> I'm going to jump ahead a little. I'm going to just travel forward in time for a brief period to uh, 1999. Hey. I'm going to play Pokemon Blue. What? <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, it's a long way away on the list, but <laughs> I, one of the things I wanted I wanted to do with the podcast was to just do a few little things where we can try and raise a bit of money for charity every now and then. Okay. And I, I've got some big ideas in in the in the works for this, but um, but just going to start off quite small. And uh, you know, our good friend who uh, I've mentioned probably the last three podcast running, <laughs> Daniel K of Daniel K's Let's Plays, uh, has inspired me to do a Pokemon Nuzlocke challenge. Sounds crazy to do, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna. It's not gonna be easy. But what I want to do is, I want to, I want, I want to try and raise a little bit of money for a charity that's very close to my heart. Now, I'm not gonna bum people out of why. Um, uh, but you know, I was very, my life was very much affected this year by uh, motor neurone disease. <clears throat> uh, my poor, my poor mum suffered from it, and she, she passed away earlier in the year. Um, so it's a charity that's very close to my heart. It means a lot to me. They were very, very good. And it's one of those um, causes that doesn't get a lot of, um, you know, doesn't get a lot of advertisement, shall we say. <laughs> you know, uh, so I would very much like for people to just chuck a bit of money at motor neurone disease. So what I've done is I've set up a Just Giving page, which is justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash RPG GYMMDA. Uh, I'll put that link in the episode description, Rich. And the idea is like just donate what you can, and every person who donates, if you suggest a name during my Nuzlocke challenge, I will name that Pokemon whatever you want it to be. <laughs> so the first person to donate one pound or one dollar or whatever you can give, uh, you know, you can say I want to call this Pokemon Bumface, and if I catch a uh, <laughs> if I catch a Pikachu, I will call it Bumface. <laughs> now, what I'm going to do a little bit differently, Rich. Uh, compared to what we normally do, is I'm going to record every moment of my <laughs> Nuzlocke challenge, and I'm going to load that onto YouTube. Does that excite you? Um, it does excite me on that. Do we have a YouTube channel? Uh, we do. Um, I set it up yesterday, so it's not fresh in my memory what it is. <laughs> um, but it is, uh, it's, it's through uh, RPG years. Sweet. Uh, let's see if I can find it quickly. <laughs> Sorry about this. Uh, but yes, we have a YouTube channel. Uh, I will upload every every time I make a new video. I'll upload it. I'll tweet out that there is a new video, and uh, yeah, you can see me struggle through the world of Kanto with my little character. Uh, I have already done a opening video um, <laughs> where I go and get my starter Pokemon, which is Bulbasaur. Uh, spoilers. I've called him Dave. You know, I figured, you know, as I'm doing the challenge, I should get to name the first one. Oh yeah. <laughs> But yeah, we have we have a YouTube channel uh, which is the RPG <laughs> RPG GY RPG Golden News, <laughs> and yeah, I've got my first Nuzlocke challenge video loaded up there for you. It's, uh, it's only ten minutes, like I say. I just go get Dave. But yeah, if you want to throw some money towards a good cause and uh, watch me struggle through Pokemon Blue, <laughs> it's all it. it's all there for you. <laughs> cool. Oh, yeah, that, that's it, Rich. I just wanted to announce that. 
and uh, I'll put out all the links on Twitter, and I'll add all the links into the episode description. But um, have we got any? Have we got any reviews? I think we do. We had one. one review here. Okay, I've not had any from the UK yet, and I haven't spotted any on the other uh, on any other countries. So go for it. All right. So this one is. I'm a little confused on the score of it, but it's a four-star rating, a what? four to five-star rating. <laughs> That's all right. The title of it, the title of this is "Great Show," um, a great show about how the best genre of games. That was from Junk Apocalypse. So, hey, I mean, it's a four to five. It's still good. It's not great to him. So I'm just confused. But hey, <laughs> thank you for your feedback. You're still in the drawing. Yep, he's still in the drawing. Um, no, I'm not. I'm not going to go into a rant because we've got one star less than five. I think I'm, if if people give us three and above, I'm going to be really happy. As long as we don't get any ones, you know, I'll probably I'll probably Nintendo will give us one today. Yeah, hopefully. Not. <laughs> Sorry, Nintendo. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I'm pleased with that. And uh, yeah, you have been added to the draw, so you are in the stakes to win twenty five dollars, uh, or pounds, or euros, or uh, what's Australia? Australia's dollars as well, but Australian dollars. <laughs> so yeah so people get involved you know you can review us on any platform you like please let us know if it's not stitcher or itunes or podbean because <laughs> those three are easy for us to follow uh so if you do review us anywhere else let us know or uh, anyway you can <laughs> via twitter um and we'll take a we'll take a look and we'll add you to the list and then <clears throat> uh yeah yeah, you can stand to win some money. So, you know, you can also contact us via our Twitter pages. Like I said, uh, you can contact me at Matunica, M-E-T-U-N-N-I-C-A. And me at HailBlue1569. And um, <clears throat> you can contact both of us at RPG Years. And one thing that we like, Rich, is we like your scores. So yes. if you contact us and give us your, you can give us the scores for your games. So you can rate it on combat. Uh, gameplay mechanics, which is basically non-combat mechanics, um, <clears throat> story, music, graphics, and your overall feel of the game, which I really like. You know, I gave I gave Yeast ten because it's an awesome, awesome game. <laughs> you uh, love that game. I do. I love Yeast. Uh, you can also sponsor us on Patreon, or um, well, not on Patreon. Do you know, what, Rich? I'm going to set up a Patreon account this week. Sorry, okay. Scott, you know our friend Scott Spot. Correction, Scott Spot. Um, he said he looked for us on Patreon and wasn't able to find us, and that's because we're not on Patreon. <laughs> we uh, do our Patreon through Podbean because it's a bit it's a bit kinder on um, fees when it comes to the UK. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to set up both. Okay, I think I think it's just it's too confusing. You say we're on Patreon, people go to Patreon.com and search for us, and we're not there. So I'll do both, and I'll just make sure I combine all the monies from both of them to reach our goals sounds good <laughs> so at the moment you can contact you can you can reach out to us on patreon uh, via patreon.podbean.com forward slash rpeggy that's r-p-g-g-y um, I'll tweet out once we've got an official patreon account we've also got our discord which is uh, in the link to this episode you can find it and yeah come join the chat we're, yeah. we're, we're keen to grow the discord and get people talking about RPGs because it's what we yeah. love uh, got anything else, Rich? No, that's it. You guys definitely join that Discord channel because I'd like to talk to everybody as best we can on you know all of those you know retro games, the the uh, the community that we have. It's it's a fun time to talk about all that stuff. Yeah, man, we want to get you guys talking because I know Rich has uh, dabbled in Persona. So for all yes. you Persona fans, <laughs> give give Rich some hit, give Rich some tips on Persona Four Golden. Yes. <laughs> and one and day I'll get to it. it. And if you want to talk, if you want to talk Nuzlocke challenges and Pokemon, I'm your man. <laughs> In fact, if you've got any, if you've seen any charity events that people do with um, with Pokemon and uh, challenges, let me know. I'd be, I'd be keen to see what there is out there and what people have already done. So yeah, all exciting stuff. It's all good, Rich. It's all good. Yes, very good. <laughs> and don't don't worry, you don't have to play the pre RPG games. <laughs> it's a lot of games. I know, 43X, <laughs> you, you panicked, didn't you, when you suddenly saw I'd added 43 games to the back end of the list? <laughs> Wait until we get to the post-RPG years, mate. There's like 600 games there. Holy crap. <laughs> now, we, we, we all come, we'll come to that bridge in the future. Yes. <laughs> we may or may not cross it. 
<laughs> when, we're about, when we're in our 60s. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be retired by then, so maybe I can put more time in these things. Yep, definitely. All right, Rich, I'm going to sign off. Sounds good. I've run out, buddy. All right, everybody, have a good rest of your week. We'll talk to you next time. Talk to you next time, everyone. Bye-bye.